Welcome to Pragmatic Live, the podcast for product people. I'm Mark Stiving, a pragmatic marketing instructor and pricing expert. And today we're joined by, well, he's not a pricing coach. He's the pricing coach, Mr. Mark Peacock. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Mark. Thanks. For, uh, thanks. Uh, great to be here. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. I ran into Mark on LinkedIn, and I noticed that he had a title on LinkedIn called The Pricing Coach, which I find so confident. How's that for a word? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. That's uh, very kind of you to say so. Uh, something I kind of came up with when I was looking around to, for a new career a year ago after 25 years in corporate life and wanted to set myself up helping businesses with pricing and uh, I'm also a trained business coach so I said well I'm just going to call myself the pricing coach because there aren't many of us out there as you know and uh, pricing is one of the most important things we can do to help businesses so oh absolutely that's why I'm the pricing coach absolutely I, f I find that amazing so so first off tell us how did you get into pricing well, my background is in marketing, product management, and I've run large divisions in big businesses. And within that, price has always played a part, whether it's in marketing, product management, or being responsible for a P&L. Um, when, I, when I left, uh, I looked around and I wanted to you know, take a niche in the market. And I, it's, nobody else was operating in this space, certainly not in the UK anyway. And uh, it just struck me. Um, why don't I um, start talking about price and provide pricing help to small and medium-sized local businesses? So I can use all of my background knowledge, all of my commercial expertise from 25 plus years, plus I can help them uh, help businesses improve their pricing uh, by focusing on this this topic that we that we know and love. Um, so it was kind of just one of those things that just popped into my head one day and I thought pricing, that's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to focus. So, uh, so yeah, that's how it came about. Really. Nice. Well, and, and so pricing obviously is something that companies need badly because so few companies do it well or really understand yeah. what they're doing. Um, wh why do you think you're a pricing expert? And I don't mean that in any demeaning way whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no, no, sure. No, that's absolutely fine. Well, I think, um, why am I a pricing expert? So I think to be good at pricing, you basically need to take a, an external perspective of your business. So what I don't mean when I say that is you, you don't need to be good at costing. You don't need to be an accountant. You don't need to be a finance expert. And I think the trouble is all too often, that's what businesses associate with good pricing. Whereas good pricing is actually a marketing function. As we know, it's one of the four P's of the marketing mix. Yet all too often, we don't treat it in that way. So good pricing is all about understanding what our customers value, what are our competitors doing, what is our product or our offering, and how can we promote and communicate the value of what we do? Uh, which is essentially is marketing. So my background is in marketing and product and running businesses. Uh, and as well, I've studied a lot on pricing. And I think those things combined uh, give me those, those particular skill sets that can help people improve their pricing. Yeah, I want to I jump up and give you a standing ovation all of a sudden. I thought that was really well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, do you have a big accomplishment in pricing you can share with us? Uh, ideally, it's with a client that you've had in the last year or so. Yeah, I've, uh, a couple I can talk about. So I had uh, a client who's a manufacturing company in the south of the UK, and they manufactured uh, secure storage boxes for the construction trade. Uh, they're family-run business, medium-sized. They've been growing quite well uh, for a few years, but that growth had stalled a bit. Um, so I went in and looked at their pricing, and basically they were they were doing most things right. Uh, they were a premium brand. They had great customer service, and they had excellent products. But just uh, just by uh, a process of looking at their pricing in detail, clarifying their longer-term strategy. Uh, rather than short-term thinking uh, and putting in place a written strategy, making sure that they weren't cannibalizing their own revenues, avoiding the habit of discounting that many businesses getting in, get into. Uh, and we put together a plan for uh, next year, which if they follow through on, should put at least half a million pounds on their bottom line just through price improvement alone. So the beauty of price is that you can make a massive difference to the bottom of the line without any additional cost. Um, no doubt. Half yeah. a million, that'll, that'll buy a few fish and chips over there, won't it? <laughs> yes, it will. Yeah, we love our fish and chips over here in the UK. <laughs> no doubt. Um, and so are they, uh, as a client, were they discounting a lot already? Um, I think uh, they were doing it in a way that's typical for any business in that kind of sector. They had different levels of discounting for different um, uh, customer types. And we didn't really change the, the discounting process so much as look at the, the list price to the end user. Um, and that's what we effectively, we took the view that their, their customers weren't that price sensitive because the, the products they were selling were occasion, for occasional purchases and they were very high value to the end user. So we felt that there was room uh, to, to play with in terms of improving the pricing. So we put, put it all together in a plan, looking at the competitive position of each product, the growth rate for that product, and also obviously the, the client's understanding of where he wanted to take that product. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it's not so much a you know a habit of discounting. It was more looking at the the list price for the the product range that they had. Yeah, and we're back to the answer of why you're a pricing expert, and that is, <laughs> buyer. It matters what buyers are willing to pay. Do we understand yeah. on marketplace and what value do they get? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is what I spent a lot of time talking about with a client, which is. Um, helping them to improve their understanding of end user willingness to pay and the degree of price sensitivity around those different products. So some of their products were customers were highly price sensitive because they were basically commodity buys. And at the other end of the scales, the, the, client, the, the end users were fairly price insensitive because it was a, you know, a one-off purchase, very occasional, but it had a very high value to the end user for that product. So mm. improving that level of understanding, which isn't that difficult really for most businesses, once you get your head around it, can really help with improving your pricing strategy as well. And so it sounds like the owners of the company didn't really understand the value they were delivering. So they didn't understand the way buyers were making purchase decisions and, and how much value they were getting out of their products. Is that a, 
an accurate statement? Um, I think they, they, they did to a degree, but they were probably just undervaluing and underpricing themselves. So even though they knew, well, I think they had a fairly good idea that they had a good brand, good products, great customer service, all the prerequisites for premium pricing, I think it just needed that outside-in, independent observer or expert opinion from somebody like me to say, look, you guys are really good at what you do. You've got fantastic products, amazing customer service and support. You really should be putting yourself at the top end of the scale in terms of pricing and not, not be afraid to do that and to set your stall out so that you've got a premium price which reflects a high quality in your product. And if you do that, uh, I think, you know, they were worried, of course, like anybody would be, that they would lose business and lose customers. Uh, but I think over time, uh, it will strengthen their brand and their positioning in the market rather than deteriorate the position. So it was about giving them the confidence and the belief that they could follow that kind of strategy, I think. It's Nahito season. It's time to get out of your office and into the market. Find out more at pragmaticmarketing.com. Yeah, it's, it's funny that companies, I think especially people who own their own companies, tend to undervalue themselves a little bit. And it might be a lack of confidence or they don't yeah. want to be arrogant, but, but you see this a lot where people undervalue themselves. Definitely. Definitely. And I was, I was speaking to another lady who's just uh, setting herself up in a, as a project manager uh, after having had 25 years of success in corporate world as a, as a paid uh, project manager. And we were talking about her rates and she indicated a number which seemed quite low to me and she said I said well why are you charging so little he says well I'm just starting out I said well hang on you've got 25 years of experience that's what customers should be paying for not the fact that you're in week two of your new business and, and I always make this point to small businesses new businesses don't price yourself on the length of your current business price yourself on the whole of your life's working experience because that actually is what you bring to the party um uh, so she went away to think about it and uh, i left her with that question but definitely i think uh, lack of confidence lack of self-worth these are all factors that play on our our beliefs uh, and, and help and dictate why we think we should charge low prices but i but i'm always saying to people work out how to charge as high price as possible and start from there um, and you know don't let the market dictate uh, what you're worth but uh, yeah I think that's absolutely true I think it's absolutely true um, so what I often say to people who are doing independent businesses like that or uh, I have a lot of uh, friends who do speaking and they're trying to break into the speak the paid speaking world mm. um, what I often say is look it's really hard to set that first price I get it but but go set I don't care if you pick a random price once you win the first deal, raise your price 25%. Yeah. And go good. win the next deal. And when you stop winning deals, you've probably hit the right price point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's a, if, if there's a if ever there's a pricing formula for success, Mark, I think that must be it. Um, <laughs> put, put your price up twenty five percent every time you win a deal. Every time you win a deal, right? Very and pretty good. soon you'll stop winning. You'll figure this thing out. Yeah, but, no, absolutely. And I, I, but I think the you know the sense behind that is absolutely right. You need to push yourself as hard and as fast as you can in terms of your price until you find the natural upper limit, and there will be one, of course. But all too often, we start at the bottom end and we, we say, well, in, what, in a year's time, I'll put my fees up by 10%. And then the year after that, another 10%. Um, but I've spoken to people who are in that kind of work, you know, paid speaking, coaching, consulting. And I was chatting to somebody the other week and he said uh, he put his fees up by 50% and his income uh, or his uh, sales conversion doubled. And so... It just goes to show that people, you know, that the price you set significantly influences people's perception of quality of what you do. So you shouldn't be afraid to um, price yourself at a level that you're worth. And more importantly, if you do set a low price, people will think you're cheap and probably won't won't come to you and probably won't use you. So lots of good reasons for for anybody in that kind of work or that kind of business to aim for a premium pricing position. Yeah. Hey, do you have any other uh, client stories you can share with us that I can help dig apart? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was uh, on a very different level. I worked with a small marketing agency um, who have been going for well, three or four years. They were very successful. Again, they had a great brand. They'd done some great work. They had a great client list. But they'd, they'd, they'd had the same price position for the last three or four years. So they haven't increased their, their standard fees at all. And of course, in that time, inflation has gone up, all of our business costs have gone up. So effectively, they were going backwards slightly. So we worked together and basically we put a plan together that's gonna help them increase their, uh, their hourly rate by 25%. Now, clearly you can see that's quite a significant uplift. And again, we just did it by what I think of as going through the basics. So making sure we're clear on our value proposition, understanding what our competitors are charging, uh, understanding what our clients value about what we do, and doing a simple process of looking through our whole client list, doing a simple exercise to rate each one in terms of their price sensitivity. Is it high? Is it medium? Is it low? And then looking at the business impacts, if we were to lose that client, again, is it high, is it medium, or is it low? And just doing a simple process like that, you can soon get a really good understanding of the degree to which your clients are or aren't price sensitive, and then make a decision on where you can set your fees. And particularly, I think, if you haven't raised your fees for some time, which many businesses are guilty of, um, there, there is often a significant room for, for uplifting those prices. So, so yeah, so something as simple as that can help any business, particularly if you charge by the day, by the hour, um, that kind of business model. Um, it's, it shouldn't be that hard or that difficult to work out a plan and a strategy to improve your pricing by some considerable degree. Yeah. Uh, raising rates for companies is often really hard. I, I mean, it's scary without a doubt, but it's often hard because we sometimes upset our customers when we lose customers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the key 
is to have a very clearly thought out plan and strategy. Um, so what I mean by that is to know exactly why uh, as a business you are putting your prices up and then having a clear communication plan as to how you're going to explain it and not focus on the negatives but focus on the positives and the value that you bring to your customers and then finally also be confident that if you do lose a few customers because they decide they can't now afford you that you're not going to worry about it uh, you've gone through your client list line by line and you know the ones that you might you might lose because they say, well, you know, that's too expensive for me. But actually, that's okay because you've worked it out and actually maybe having slightly fewer clients on a better rate is a more profitable business basis for you to have. So just going through a process of planning and strategizing and making sure you've thought it all through can give you a lot of confidence in when it comes to taking that message to your client base and saying, dear customers, in a few months' time, we'll be charging a new rate of X, but here are all the reasons why uh, we still um, provide you with amazing value and great service, so we look forward to continuing to work with you. So it's a lot. It's, it's as well as what is the number, it's also how do you communicate the price, which is just yeah. as an important part of it. Yeah, two things jump out at me with that story that's, that are pretty significant. One is the fact that you've built this matrix of willingness to pay versus how much does it hurt if we lose, yeah. the, lose this client? Uh, that A, that's a fantastic matrix to build. Mm -hmm. And then B, it's just the act of building that matrix and filling it out says to me, we should be charging different customers different prices. Yeah. And, and so that jumps, uh, price segmentation really jumps out at us because those ones that are, you know, they're super price sensitive and super painful if we lose them, I don't think I'm raising their price. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think so. I think it depends on uh, on really what you want, whether you want to keep those customers. I think first and foremost. So yes. you do, I think I think you need to differentiate the level of service that you provide those customers. So for the ones who are price sensitive, um, you offer them a fairly standard service offering. But for the ones who are willing to pay more because they value what you do, whether it's quality, design, service, convenience, luxury, whatever it is that you do that's great, they value that more than price, then you can you can, you can put a premium on that and you should be shy of doing that. So you, there, there are plenty of different ways to find opportunities to price what you do differently to allow customers at different levels of the willingness to pay spectrum to choose and pay according to what they want. So yep. you don't have to have that difficult conversation around pricing and it, and it makes choice for the customer a, a lot easier. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. The, the other thing that, I, that jumped out at me that as you were describing the price increase is I, I'm gonna assume that you guys in the UK got hit with the same stuff we did with Netflix and Reed Hastings. But uh, uh, I'm not sure. What are you referring to, Mark? Uh, so in 2011, Reed Hastings raised his prices dramatically and ended up losing 800,000 subscribers and 75% mm. of his stock price. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware of the case study. Um, I don't know if it applied in the UK as well as the US, but I know what you're talking about. So yeah, yeah 
So what's fascinating about it is he did a price increase again a couple years ago. Okay. This time he did it very differently and very right. well. Right. Okay. And he sent out all, I'm a, net, a Netflix subscriber. And yep, so he sends out an email to all of his subscribers saying, hey, we're raising prices, but you're a really good customer. We're going to hold your prices for a year. Uh, okay. 11 months go by and I get another email from Reed that says, Hey, remember we said we were raising prices and we're holding yours constant for a year. Well, now it's time. Yeah. Very good. So I so, thought that was really well done and yeah, it was not absolutely. as painful a price increase. And, so, and I, yeah, I bring that up because you said that your clients yeah, were... Your intention to set it, to increase a price is a really important tactic. Um, so you, you could say right now, well, I, I want to increase prices... 1st of January 2019. So you can indicate that to your customers now uh, and then nearer the time, uh, you you know, like a month before or however much notice time you need to give, then you write, you write to them with the specific details. Uh, and actually, it warms them up to the idea better than just landing a cold email that says, Dear Mr. Customer, I'm increasing our prices by however much next month. So yes. yeah, I completely agree. Um, warming up your customers to a to the idea of a future price increase, which also might do something to signal to the, your competitors and the rest of the market, and they might choose to follow suit. Of course, you, that's not you know not not the aim here, but yeah, it's a great way of of uh, helping your customers get used to the idea. Yeah, and and I think the other subtle issue here with what Reed Hastings did is he made his current customers feel good uh -huh. because he said, I'm raising prices today, but you don't get hit until a year from now. Uh, okay. And so yeah. it was kind of like he did us a favor. Yeah. Do you know, I think I do recall that now happening in the UK and I do re recall receiving that, that kind of email, which uh, said, well, you're an existing customer. So you said stay on the same rate, but new customers, it's, it's one pound a month more expensive or whatever the, the, the actual price was. But yeah, no, all, all good tactics. And, and it just goes to show with a bit of, little bit of thought, a bit of creativity and a bit of planning, raising your prices doesn't have to be that scary and, act, and can actually be, deli be delivered in quite an effective way uh, if you just, you know, apply, apply a bit of thinking to it. Mark, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for your time. No, you're very welcome, Mark. I've really enjoyed it. So uh, always happy to talk about pricing um, at any point. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. If anyone wants to contact you, how can they do that? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on my website, which is www.markpeacock.co.uk. And all my contact details are on there. So you can drop me an email or book a call or anything like that. Excellent. Thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, well, what did you think? Let us know. Send us an email to experts at pragmaticmarketing.com. And most importantly, don't forget to join us for the next episode of Pragmatic Live. <laughs>